All right, we're going to talk about do we want the person back or just the pain to end? This is Joel with Overcome Evil with Good. I think this is an important question because as I have dealt, number one, with my own personal issue, uh, my own personal experience uh, with narcissism, um, I also have spoken to a lot of people and I have read a lot of things. Uh, I've read a lot of people expressing their utter distress because of this narcissistic person and what they did to them. And I hear so many people, you know, just, you know, it's especially women. Of course, women are going to be more vocal typically than men. So I'm going to you know, hear that more. Um, I think, I think men typically, you know, once you're done, well, I know they say that once a woman is done, she's done. And, uh, while that is true, I think, you know, of course it's all in personality types. It's, um, there's a lot of, uh, factors in, in everything, but I hear a lot of people wanting their ex back. Okay. They know they're a narcissist. They know that, you can sit there and talk to them about all of the craziness that they live through and yet they want them back or how about this one they want someone like them because they find themselves in another narcissistic relationship why is that well first of all i'm going to i'll cover that one because um, i'll just get it out of the way um, we often find ourselves in the same positions because we are the person, we, we ourselves are broken, okay? And, um, and even when you're, you feel like you've healed, there's, there's certain things that narcissistic type people give you, like love bombing, okay? Uh, I was speaking to somebody and they said, well, there is no other guys out there. There are no men out there that are you know looking for women or they're all you know they're i just think that they're all narcissistic people well doesn't take long into the conversation to realize that those are the people that get her attention okay so what gets your attention all right and what feeds you so if you are first of all it's one thing for someone to get your attention and um, you can get my attention, but it may not be <laughs> good. I may be like, oh, dear God, I feel sorry for that person who is with them. Um, but you might get you might get other people's attention that um, you might say, uh, you know, wow, that person. But then as you start looking at them, you see the red flags just dancing and waving all over the place. And some people are so broken, they see the red flags and they don't care. They're so lonely. They find themselves in another relationship like that. And then, of course, it never ends well. Um, because you yourself have levels of brokenness or you are uh, maybe you're too empathetic and this person is seeing you as I've always said before, you're nothing but blood in the water. I mean, these people are like sharks. Um, or if you were, you know, in a basically uh, very little clothes on in the summertime and walk out uh, near wooded area um, at night, morning, sometimes um, you are going to be inviting mosquitoes on your skin. 
right? And so like this, these people see the blood inside of you, if you will, being the blood, being that good person, the person that is going to be the person that is their supply. All right. Now, why do we miss a person that we know was really bad for us? Now, I didn't really go through that. Um, And I'm thankful for that. Um, When I was done, I was done. Okay. And I wasn't um, longing or clinging. I mean, I did have, um, I think just, just what I thought was normal. I mean, the normal was so crazy and uh, that a lot of times you're not sure what to do with yourself and you just kind of wish things wouldn't have happened. Um, The only person that I wanted back, if you will, is the person that I was hoping that they were. (laughs) And uh, we know how that works. Um, So the part that I want to say is a lot of times we are just trying to get the pain to cease. And we think if we either embrace that person or someone like that person, it will ease our pain. You see, what does a narcissist do? Okay. So in the relationship, I've told many people this, um, you know, I was just, just belittled, badgered. I mean, I could go on and on about it. And to the point that I would actually, not, not all the time or anything like that, but I, I might start crying because I, I can't do anything more. And I'm not saying I'm just hurt bawling, but, but, you know, it may upset me so much at the, the hurt that I went through. And, um, I might even just have a, a kind of a, a meltdown at that time, uh, because of the, the mental abuse. And remember, they're the people that will often also be the savior. Okay. So they're throwing you in a river and then they're offering themselves as a life jacket. Okay. So in other words, like we would say with materialism, we would say what the, uh, the world does is they, they create fires inside of you of desire of wanting. And so do these people, they can act very seductive. They can act, um, uh, you know, be a person that is almost like, you know, you're creating a hunger inside of you. Maybe they're telling you things that you haven't heard in a long time, or maybe they're doing things for you that hasn't been done for you in a long time. Maybe it is um, physical. Maybe it's emotional, emotional. Uh, Maybe it's spiritual, whatever it is, you have been made or what has happened is there's a fire that's created inside of you. And then they're offering, and I'm not talking about a fire as a good fire. I mean, we think about it as a good fire, especially passionate type things, but then here they come 
I mean, think about actually being set on fire. And then here they come, and they're the water that's going to put that fire out. Or it's going to quench that, what you have. They create a problem, and they become the answer or the solution. Um, I've heard some really crazy stories out there. I'm not going to get into the details of some of them. But I've seen that over and over again. They help create problems. I mean, much like what the federal government does, our government does, right? They create problems and then they become the solution to it. And, um, you know, we see that all the time. That is a form of gaslighting because you are being manipulated. Number one, maybe something is created a lot greater than it is, but then them as a solution is a lot greater than they are. Trust me on that. Um, they like to magnify themselves and, and minimize, um, you know, not only you, but other things, uh, in things of importance. But why are narcissistic people, you know, so tempting a lot of times? Number one, first and foremost, I'm convinced of this. They work for the devil. Yeah. Some of them could have direct possession. But I firmly believe they are instruments or agents of the enemy. Um, you know, the, the Bible says that the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And, you know, whenever you invited that person in your life, now some people are narcissistic and they're just, you just can't even hardly be around them, but others are very sly at what they do. They appear to be a wonderful person at work. They appear to be a wonderful person at church. They appear to be a wonderful person at some event that you met them at. But yet, once you get in direct connection with them, you find out they're blaming you. They're accusing you. You're, they're just, it's like, what the heck just happened? Your mind can't hardly conceive um, what is happening. The person that made you feel so good is all of a sudden making you feel so bad. But at least in my case, and I've heard of a lot of other cases, that same person that destroys you, like I said, is that same person that will comfort you. Oh, they're only keeping you alive just enough so they can do it again to you. You see, it's not true comfort. It's not love. You were made to think that that was love. Let, let's go into Stockholm Syndrome for a second, okay? So um, if you think about somebody who was kidnapped, okay, they were human trafficked. And the only thing that they knew was a small cage in a basement, all right? And um, I mean, how sad that is because this stuff happens all the time. And... Um, Imagine that person, you from the outside seeing this whole thing, and uh, the person locked them up and uh, broke them down little by little, and finally they just gave up. And uh, eventually the, the abuser, the kidnapper, the child trafficker, human trafficker, 
um, gave them food and water and they showed them a little bit of kindness. And this is a period that goes on and on and on. The person that's caging them is also the person taking care of them. So let me ask you a question. Would you think that person is a good person? Because they are feeding them. Maybe they are doing nice things for them. But ultimately, you'd say, they've, for goodness sake, they, they're the ones that put them in the cage. Let them go. And yet, psychologically, a person will often start to fall in love with their abuser or trafficker. And so is it with, if we think about in the Bible, if we think about when Israel was slaves to Egypt, and Egypt was very hard slave masters, but yet they provided them some food. They provided them a place to rest. They might have even provided, you know, medical help and things because ultimately they wanted the the Jewish people, the Israeli people to work for them, to labor and slave for them. So that's their end goal. And when they do something, what we would look at in a moment of time as goodness, all that actually is just sustaining them so that they can keep working for them. You see, what happens is, and when the Israelites went into, um, when they left Egypt and they were in the desert with Moses as a leader, um, because things didn't go right for them right away, they wanted to return to Egypt. You say, what? Yeah, it's what the Bible says. It's because what happens is your mind blocks off a lot of the abuse. And, and the only thing that the Israelites could see at that time was the food that they were able to have when they were in Egypt. Now, did they glorify it? Yes, they did. Did they exaggerate in their mind? Oh, yes, they did. Just like you and I do. When we're put into slavery of sorts and we're removed from that, a lot of times we kind of look back on it and our minds will erase a lot of the, the negative and the bad. And it will try to fill it in with the good things. So why do you want that person back? My guess isn't that you want the person back as much as you just want the pain to end. Because you probably been there before you probably broken up whether your boyfriend girlfriend whatever it is uh, situation is um, maybe you're married and maybe you've broken off from each other and then you reunited and that that reuniting time is is oftentimes a very passionate time and you may um, think wow man I missed this but did you? The person that was abusing you is now only using you. They're only using you for their end. 
And if you think such little of yourself that you're going to continue to chase after some somebody, you need help. Why do I say that? Do I, is that mean? No. Because I, at one time, needed help. I was desperate. I was trying to figure out what I could do to appease this individual. But once you realize nothing appeases them, they're like a, you know, some kind of a, uh, you know, God that, that they created of themselves that has an insatiable desire for more, more and more, and they're never satisfied. That's exactly what we deal with. We deal with narcissistic people that need continual supply that never want to give out anything. And when they give out something, we're thinking we are so lucky we hit the jackpot. I've talked about that subject before too, and I'll get into that one later. It's called intermittent reinforcement. You know, the levels of how cruel these people are. Yeah, you're not in a cage or you're in a home. You might be in a nice house. You might be driving nice cars, but you're still in prison. There's a lot of people that are in prison today that are on the outside looking like they're living free. Some of you are in the prison of your own mind and some of you are still imprisoned in a relationship. My goal, my aim is to help you know that you don't deserve that. You need to be set free. And let me tell you something. No level of physical comfort can ever be a substitute for mental freedom, physical freedom, emotional freedom. Let me tell you something. I had it a lot better when I was together, married, family kind of intact than it was for a while after I got out. I mean, physically, a lot of things. But emotionally, I began to heal. And I chose that path. You've got to choose that path of healing. You don't heal by yourself. People say that time heals. The only thing that time does is makes you older. If you utilize the time for healing, you'll heal. But if you continue to ruminate, you know, replay things, not not try to move on with your life, you'll be stuck. My prayer is that you will see that what your real desire isn't the person. It's to eliminate the pain in your own life. And that's why so many people will fill their lives with people that don't care about them because the pain inside of them is so great. You need to deal with the pain inside of you. Maybe it's daddy issues. Maybe it's mommy issues. Maybe it's, I don't know. There's a lot of things out there. 
but I care for each and every person that I deal with. And I would love to see you overcome that. I would love to see you overcome and use your life for where it matters instead of being a sacrifice for someone who doesn't even love you. Learn, grow, and overcome. You can do it. It's a journey. And sometimes it's a long journey. But just like driving from Ohio to Florida, especially in the winter, it's worth the journey. It's worth it. It's worth it to go from cold, freezing, to being on a beach. And so is it much more worthy of setting yourself free. And that's how we overcome evil with good.